from the first reading this morning. Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, raise shouts for the chief of the nations, proclaim, give praise, and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. We Americans are no-nonsense, pragmatic, practical people. When we encounter some new experience or some new gadget, what are our first questions? Don't they usually sound like this? What good will this do for me? What will I get out of it? Can I dice onions with it? Does it fold out into a bed? Because we are so practical that we often approach religion thinking that it is to be judged on the basis of its utility and its usefulness. I've heard people say, and maybe you have too, say things like, I don't go to church that much, but I do try to do right to help others when I can. And after all, isn't that what Christianity is all about? Well, the truth can now be told. Hang on to your hats. No, that is not what Christianity is all about. You see, at its best, Christianity is scandalously useless. It is an utterly gratuitous affair before it is any usefulness. And we read from the prophet Jeremiah this morning. Usually, Jeremiah can be counted on to be one of the crabbiest preachers you will ever hear. His sermons are full of curses, condemnations. He rants, he raves. He's about gloom, boom, and doom. Return, faithless Israel. Return, O faithless children. We have a word for such angry, laced speech. We say it's Jeremiah, a scornful speech delivered by a ranting and raving someone like Jeremiah. And most of the book of Jeremiah is like that. However, when you get to chapter 30 and chapter 31, Jeremiah steps out of character. The prophet who has been harshly criticizing God's people now calls on the same people to praise. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud gladness for Jacob. The Lord has saved his people. Israel had been in exile. Israel's now coming home. God, says Jeremiah, will call his people back including the blind, the lame, pregnant women, even those who are in labor, who find it hard to travel. The road will be smooth, water will be plentiful. The speech is unqualified, good news, joyful news, happy news. He's totally out of character. The good news that doesn't fit the stereotype of the way prophets talk. 
You see, we expect prophets to speak like most preachers, delivering sermons chock full of shoulds, oughts, and musts. But today, Jeremiah invites us to praise, only to praise. And you cannot imagine what a tough text this is for any preacher. You see, praise is like joy. It's reflective and responsive. We can't decide to be joyful. Joy is the response to someone's action upon us. Israel's joyful. Tears are turned to praise. Prose turns to poetry because God has come for his people. It's like when the basketball goes through the hoop a second before the buzzer, nobody has to tell the crowd to stand and scream. They just do it. Praise is like that. Praise of God or any other praise. When you've met the perfect person, spent the perfect evening, and you know it's love, you don't have to be told, go find a good love song and hum it. You just do it. It's responsive. Love is like that. Love of God or love of any other love. Love like worship is so beautifully non-utilitarian, so liberating pointless. So why do we do it? Let the epistle writer John make sense of it if sense is needed. We love because God first loved us. Love is our response to what God has already done. Praise, holy praise is a response to those wonderful invitations to join the whole company of heaven in their unending song, holy, holy, holy. Somewhere, C.S. Lewis wrote, joy is the serious business of heaven and praise is the most important job of the church. However, I expect that we come to church each Sunday with our mental notepads, and in the sermon we expect to get our assignment for the week. This week, friends, I want you to work on your sexism, your racism, and your manners at the checkout counter at Walmart. Come back next week and I'll give you another list. Please stand and sing hymn 805. That's not worship at its best. That's not Sunday at its best. That sounds more like Monday. Sunday is the time for ecstasy. The word means to stand outside of oneself. And there are probably few more difficult experiences for us modern, intelligent, achieving, success-driven, self-conscious people than to stand outside of ourselves even for an hour on Sunday. Now, I know that you are wondering. You're wondering about the casserole that's in the oven. You're wondering how well you're going to do on the test tomorrow. You're wondering about what the doctor's going to say about that itch in your neck. 
And you might be thinking, perhaps you should have done something useful this morning, like gone to the library, rather sitting here, singing hymns. Maybe you're thinking about the next step in your life, a job interview on the horizon, or if your resume is in order. And then every now and again, through organ music, choir, light coming through a stained glass window, soaring Gothic arches, bells, children laughing, even a preacher, a word, a phrase, something grabs you. And sometimes it gets a hold of you and you are in the words of an old hymn, lost in wonder, love, and praise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.